Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. Perhaps you have already gone ahead to look at Psalm 108 and said this psalm sounds familiar. Well, indeed it should, because Psalm 57, 7-11, and Psalm 65 5-12 are echoed here with only minor changes. However, we know that every psalm and every portion of Scripture is intentionally produced by God for us to know more about Him and to apply it to our everyday situations. We know that Psalm 57 is an individual lament. And Psalm 60 is a corporate lament. Here in Psalm 108, we find recapitulated the words in those previous psalms used now to remind us of God's continual work in bringing about redemption and his final day of eschatological judgment when he returns and brings his rule to the nations. Psalm 108. A song, a psalm of David. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth, that your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer me. God has promised in his holiness, with exultation I will divide up Shechem and portion out the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet, Judah my scepter, Moab is my washbasin. Upon Edom I cast my shoe, over Philistia I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go out, O God, with our armies. O grant us help against the foe. For vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. In this psalm, we hear the exaltation of God over his enemies and of his power to do valiantly because he is the one leading his armies. He is the one that is bringing about victory for his people and All that God does should cause us to rejoice, to sing to Him, to give thanks to Him. And again, we find this global, expansive reach of His kingdom. It is not just to one specific group, but it is to all of the world that God's glory is made known. So when we give thanks to Him, we do so among the peoples, singing praises to Him among the nations. Why? Because of his steadfast love, his character that reaches above the heavens, that reaches to the clouds, his faithfulness. All of this that God is should cause us to rejoice in him and to give praise to him. Spurgeon says, let thy praise be according to the greatness of thy mercy. Ah, if we were to measure our devotion thus, with what ardor should we sing? 
The whole earth, with its overhanging dome, would seem too scant an orchestra, and all the faculties of all mankind too little for the hallelujah. Angels would be called then in to aid us, and surely they would come. They will come in the day when the whole earth shall be filled with the praises of Jehovah. We long for the time when God shall be universally worshipped and his glory in the gospel shall be everywhere made known. This is a truly missionary prayer. David had none of the exclusiveness of the modern uh, realities of our worry about him being for one specific people or one specific nation, David here is praying for God to be glorified throughout all of the nations. And so again, we're reminded of the end when God comes again, and we have the return of Jesus Christ physically when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is where every nation, tribe, and tongue bows before God, recognizing who he is, as we have already heard the psalmist declare, and then his name is exalted. He is exalted. His glory is over the earth. This is also reminiscent of the call that we have for all of creation to be redeemed through what God has done so that then his beloved ones may be delivered. Here we find the global reach of God's power and of his salvation and also the specific nature of God's redemption for his people. This is not one specific nation. It is not one uh, specific tribe. It is all of the tribes from all over the world, and yet it is his specific people in those tribes, tongues, and nations that are delivered by him and given salvation, rescue, specifically for the people of God. This is his that final day of redemption, of deliverance that God brings. And so we find that God has promised that he will bring about this kind of deliverance and he will bring about the judgment upon those who reject him and who are enemies of his people. He calls Moab his wash basin and that he is over, that over Edom he will cast his shoe. Well, this is a picture of judgment. This is a, a difficult expression as one commentator observes and uh, Moab and Edom were to be reduced to the state of a low place. This is them being cast down there, a place fit for only washing your feet in. And so while the other was to be like a salve standing by to uh, to receive the sandals thrown to them. So this judgment that God is bringing is certain, and he even brings this judgment in a temporary sense. We know that Edom uh, represents the descendants of Esau, and they are judged by God, but it's also a picture of what will happen later. Again, Spurgeon, he says, We ought never to fear those who are defending the wrong side, for since God is not with them, their wisdom is folly, their strength is weakness, and their glory is their shame. We think too much of God's foes, and talk of them with too much respect. Who is the Pope of Rome, his holiness? Call him not so. This is uh, the same cry that the reformers had when they were reacting against the falsehood of Rome, teaching a false gospel in which works were elevated to be uh, given merit for salvation, whereas we know that it is by grace alone, through faith alone, that we are given uh, salvation through Christ alone. When we affirm that, we understand it is God's grace that brings salvation, and that's the cry of the psalmist here, that God will be 
glorified and that his salvation will be shown to his people, those who repent of their sins and trust in the gospel. And then we have the assurance that we will do valiantly. Why? We will be strong in times of trouble because of God's strength, his help in time of trouble. And so we will know God uh, showing his power because of his grace and because of our strength in him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this psalm of reminding us that none of the words in the Psalter are wasted. And even where they are repeated, may that be an instruction to us to remember that we are called also to repeat the words that you have given us in prayer applying them to our specific situations, and also anticipating the final redemption that you will bring when you return, to set all things right, to judge the nations, and when all nations, tribes, and tongues will bow before you. Help us to do so, to trust in you, to glorify you, to honor you, that you would be exalted over all the nations, and that we would trust in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Called to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from The Psalms.